ready to dive in, to be enthralled? This is 2077. This is Indianapolis. So you traveled your van along bends, hills, and whipped past a great many trees. Almost seems like an infinite amount of them. The light seems to constantly just be out of sight, trickling through like flashlights of all shapes and sizes, with the source constantly hidden behind thick trees. But you catch a brief glimpse of a clearing coming up. Your van rounds a couple more bends and starts an agonizing climb over a hill toward the hypothetical sunlight without a single car to pass you. And then finally, at the apex of the hill, cresting over like a sunrise, you see it. Indianapolis. Chrome City. The national gem of augmented society glowing like a golden hand reaching for the stars. Your van descends like a roller coaster as you see the bronze, gold, and yellow mix loudly with the small signs of color coders. Or colder colors blending among the hundreds, maybe even thousands of mountainous towers seeming to touch the heavens at the highest peak. That peak is the round dome tip of Cidercrook Tower, standing seemingly miles above the rest. It didn't matter what corp you were, none of them stood as tall or as mighty as the great dragon's black and gold shimmer pillar. So as you drive closer, making your way to the city, it just continues to swallow the night sky in sheer height. When you were this close, you saw the wall a 30-meter-high fortress of concrete and durasteel, smooth as marble and angled inward, guaranteeing that those who try to climb would fail absolutely. This was the city's famous 465 wall, which stretched for miles and miles and miles either direction as you came up on the south end of the city. Your grid guide navigated you west and merged you with several rows of other cars to the nearest ramp up to the interstate built right on top of the wall. It felt like a good five minutes until you actually got up onto it. <clears throat> it seemed to wrap around what you could guess is a tenth or an eighth. Or <clears throat> Let's get to that. Thank you, script. Um, it felt like a good five minutes until you actually get to it. It seemed to wrap around what you could guess was about a tenth or an eighth of the wall with three lanes just to get up on the wall among many other cars. So you get to the top of the ramp. You'd merge with six lanes of steadily flowing traffic all going one singular direction. However, your grid guide points out that you'll be riding this for a little while. It seems when you check your GPSs, there's only three real ramps that go down into the lower city. The nearest one was on the west end, toward the boundary of Harding and Speedway. Your van shifts all the way to the right, and then you get a good look at the colossal megaplate hovering another 20 meters overhead. It seems endless. The distance it goes into the city like it completely replaced the sky with its own golden hexes that shone through the gaps and that separated every individual plate that held the entire megastructure together. Um, these in tandem with the forest of concrete pillars, skyscrapers, and struts 
held the entire structure together with an impossible balance to it all. If you try to see the base of these pillars, though, there's a tall guardrail that prevented you from seeing over the edge down into the lower city. On the way toward the down ramp, you see one of these hexagon plates seem to descend from the main structure. It was thinner, not quite as thick as the height of two full floors of a building, like the entire rest of the dark gray structure in sheer thickness. You're stopped in some level of congested traffic to see a multitude of cars drive onto and board this elevator like a fleet. It took a good five minutes for the elevator to descend to the top of the 465 wall, basically level with you. And another five minutes for it to go back up again where the cars would feed into the plates. Showing that they were essentially hollow, like very large tunnel systems. Traffic starts up back again, but with significantly fewer cars. Most of them merging on the left to stay through the through lanes, probably to catch the next elevator. However, you were the only vehicle to stay on the right as your ramp came up. You notice that this ramp you came up on was much more recent in construction, with lighter concrete. But it's a single ramp, like for one car, and somewhat of a simplistic, noticeably cheaper one. Like the bare minimum of concrete was poured out just to allow you down the ramp into the lower city. Um, it was then you started to realize why the guardrails were there and what they were hiding. Compared to the glow and shine of the top of the wall and what must be hiding in the towers above the massive megaplate that completely replaced the sky, you were looking at rubble, debris, piled junk, turned over cars, decaying statues, structures, and entire miles of what looked like a wasteland war zone straight out of the Redmond Barrens. Lights were noticeably less frequent down here, aside from all the hexes glowing down on you from this ceiling from above providing some floodlighting to navigate. Grid guide also started to become a bit faulty, like I'm trying to knock on it. It's, um, and it seemed to try to follow some very old roads that are about 13 years out of date um, and are blocked off or cluttered in many areas. You see several groups of homeless or leather-wearing individuals, even the scarce family or two, that spot your car as you're coming down the ramp and you're traversing the road into the heart toward downtown. And they just start watching. Hmm? It was at this point, you were the only moving, driving vehicle for a few miles. People of all shapes, sizes, and colors would occasionally watch the window, and you see groups of them talking on comlinks. In fact, many of them, as if the entire neighborhood you were driving through were all on the same call together, commenting on your arrival. It was like this says you cruised and bumped through the roads between the forest of brick-and-mortar towers of all shapes and sizes, many not coming close to the heights of the megaplate, others seeming to be just giant concrete pillars. A modest handful of these pillars are even actual skyscrapers flooded all the way to the window with concrete, repurposed for just holding up the capitalist structure above you. You manage a few more miles with a bumpy, cracked, pothole filled in debris-laden road when you came up to a checkpoint. There seems to be a group of three men. One was an old and middle-aged man, and another was a young troll. And the last was an orc with a big pudgy gut. The older man weighs you down as you approach the improvised checkpoint made together of, of uh, cars pushed against each other. All three of them were wielding assault rifles, a couple of AK-97s, and an Ares Alpha. Their leather jackets were red, almost like a uniform. 
and were several different shapes and sizes. The orc had torn sleeves, the older man was in a long coat, and the troll had a simple vest on. All had black undershirts. And they had this patch stitched onto their jackets or their shirts. The great diamond of the world. Red diamonds. For those of you who have seen it and have been in indie for a good long while, you guys recognize this immediately. This is the symbol of the Underwatch. These are the local militia that have resided here in the lower city. And have essentially become these sort of police force that protects the citizens down here from crime, from magical anomalies, and what other major threats that could be posed on the community. You start to pull up to him, and he, he's still waving you down, trying to get you to stop. Um, Kendall, since you're the one driving the vehicle, do you decide to come to a stop? Yeah. Okay. The public's doing this since we're going to talk about truck van. So you're still on top of there. By the way, people were giving you looks. Yeah, now I realize I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that thing. Whatever. The older man, he comes up, and he's basically got his AK just hovered low, and he uh, knocks on your window to lower it. Hello? Afternoon. Or should I say evening? It's a little hard to tell around these parts. Yeah, tell me about it. Where are you off to? I say the name of the place that we have tagged. Okay. Give me a second. Which, what is the name of the place we have tagged? By the way, um, I do need to update you guys who have been in Indy for a little bit. You know that the leader of the Underwatch, his name is, or at least it was, Bishop. That was his old runner name that he had. But since then, and, he's, and since he formed the Underwatch, he's just been known as Chief. Everybody calls him that. It's simple. Simple command structure. Mm-hmm. So, they call him Chief out of respect, and coming back to the conversation, um, so he asks where you're going, and, and he sees you on the van, giving you an awkward look. So, you show him the destination on your comm link? Yeah. So, he looks at it and says, oh, I know that place, it's downtown. Uh, what's your business down there? Uh, we're meeting up with some friends. Is that what you say? Yeah. Standard stuff. Okay. Um, technically, you're telling the truth. So, he um, he was a little, he was giving me a bit of an eye at how vague you were being, but he just, all right. Well, uh, I noticed that you're new here. Um, I will go on my legs. <laughs> I don't say that. Hang on, I speak their language. Trucks, corn, cars, race car. <laughs> corn dogs, Chipotle. Uh, so at this time, I'm, I'm gonna uh, lean my way in from the back and be like, uh, be like, you might have actually seen me around downtown, or at least my friend back here. We've lived here for a couple years now. You do you indicate rude? Yeah. Okay. So, um, this guy in particular, he says, um, uh, personally, I don't really know you that well. <clears throat> Have you done anything with Underwatch? Uh, not with the Underwatch, but I've actually worked with some of the, uh, community members. Hold on, let me pull some stuff in here. I've, uh, worked with the Underwatch. As a what? Um, 
On what? Uh, I mean, I used to I used to be part of it. Hmm? Oh. I don't know if that's worrisome. Will that make it worse? They're like, oh yeah, you're the one who left. Okay, there we go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, you had a number in your name. Wait a second. Fiber, right? You got it. Yeah, I know you. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't expect to actually see you here or actually seeing you coming from out of the city. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, we're, we're trying to actually get some, get some stuff worked out for, uh, for Hazel, you know, they've, uh, not been doing too well. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. Okay, well, um, we just honestly, I do got a radio ahead with the know that there's a newcomer in town, but I'll let them know you're with them, and they'll, they'll, oh, yeah, they always see problems. me. <laughs> he, he does look up at you and says, uh, Friend, I wouldn't recommend you sit in the van that does create a bit of awkward attention. Just a piece of advice. You hop down? Sure. I call Bato down to you. He sees the drone. Doesn't seem to know it much. Alright. Well. Um, so. I'm trying to think. How much would you two have like, traveled the Undercity? Did you stick to like specific pieces of the lower city Undercity? Oh, me and Rude? Like, has anybody decided to go to Harding or Speedway much? I know you were... We live in Speedway. Okay. Uh, uh, so you've been no. there. Where did I stay? I've, um, I've sort of hung out, hung around in Irvington. Uh, so you're from the I've, east side. I've probably traveled yeah. around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah and me and, me and Rude have been all over down the Undercity. Well, um, you might want to be careful. Just follow the rest of this road. You should be fine. We've been clearing it, but um, supposedly we're going to be having some... Some trouble with the syndicates again. Oh boy. But, Thanks. Thanks um, for the warning, sir. Yeah, just keep an eye out. Uh, watch your spirits. Those fraggers will get you, get you from anywhere. And he basically bumps your van, and and the troll, he's like, he waves and he starts pushing the cars out of the way, and he, <laughs> and he, and he waves you in. You got and drive through. Yep. Yep. Thank right. you. He just Thanks, waves back Brian. at you. Okay. So, Alright. So I do have other Indian sounds, but I'm not going to fuck with them. I don't actually hear the music playing. I stopped it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'll play one track, but you guys want to listen to it. It's just an ambient, an ambient tune, just four kicks and giggles. S's in the G's. S's in the G's and G's and S's. <clears throat> okay. So, listen to that if you wish. I just can't hear anything on that. Okay. Okay. Um, so the closer you get downtown, the busier and livelier you start to notice the city becoming. It was scarce before. You just had kind of the clusters of people. Uh, the clusters of people, the clusters of cars and life and so on in sort of the suburbs of the western area. But as you got downtown, you ended up in more and more of like the sea of buildings that still stood from the old Indianapolis. Um, you also notice less prying eyes, but that's because, uh, but they are still present as they take out of your van or features of the passenger or the driver. Well, they wouldn't see me. Yeah, not, you're in the van now. Not very trusting folk. Especially the outsiders. Yeah. So. Can you turn the volume down on the music? Uh, you can actually turn it down yourself. 
Oh, for right-click in on Discord, it. yeah. You just right-click on it, and then you can turn it down. <clears throat> for those of you not aware, we are listening to some ambient music in our headphones. So, you've reached the densest part of the city, with buildings practically pancaked together and many winding streets, allowing a variety of vehicles in a music-pumping, civilian-packed area. Bars are open for business. People are going in and out of the hotels here, and you drive alongside many bikes, cars, trucks, and all sorts of other vehicles. And you didn't get any decent, um, you didn't get any decent level of for 15 minutes or so. Right. Because <clears throat> you've been going for about roughly 15 minutes, you haven't gotten a lot of traffic or anything is going on. The lights, amazingly, throughout the city, are all still working. We're good. Um, in fact, there's power everywhere. Lights are dangling between buildings like decorations. Laundry hangs openly across the street, like the big, busy one-way streets. Neighbors are very chatty with each other across balconies, down to the ground below. They even shout across each other with some excited exclamations. It's almost as if every single person out of the crowd of hundreds seem to know each other, all caught up in conversation, and also go silent in unison in several groups as they see your unrecognized van drive past. Oh, I would have well, been unrecognized if they lived here. Now, a lot of them, they don't really know the van that well. Uh, Genshio's kind of laid low, if I remember right. Mm. Um, so they don't recognize your van like instantaneously um, some of them just go to hushed voices others just stare and many just carry on and try to ignore you you didn't necessarily feel various people of different ethnicities and backgrounds all doing their thing even though there are many orcs trolls, minotaurs, humans, elves dwarves and even metavariants all among them so much as one living, singular, breathing entity of a community together. Unless like a beehive. It was here you also started to notice several people at street corners wearing the red letters and the symbol of the Underwatch, observing as you passed through the semi-bumpy roads. While they were certainly smoother than before, you noticed that there's a lot of patchwork and some cement work in random places, as if there's a shortage and had to be sparing when they had on when and where to pour for even roads. As you pass by many various businesses, you're directed down the one-way Illinois Street, passing by Monument Circle. You notice that the monument was actually still fairly intact, um, even protected by a large dome over it that connected between several different buildings. The dome was still functioning flat-screen, showing all sorts of dazzling colors and imagery. The monument was damaged itself with some gunfire or blast scorches, but otherwise it seems to show that it was being well taken care of. The rest of the city shows the same signs of wear, tear, gunfire, blast, and other minor structural damage throughout, but was otherwise cleaned, maintained, and fixed up in spite of all the damage. This encapsulated the feel of the neighborhood as you approached the end of your map point. No, thanks to Grid Guide not actually helping in getting you there. There, you saw, saw a bar built into three interconnected buildings at the base. Emblazoned out front is an AR projection of a gold stallion whinnying and rearing up its black mane waving in the uh, quote-unquote wind. <laughs> the bar's title was the Horsin' Around Irish Bar and Grill. And, and if that bar was Irish, you were all CEOs of Megacorps. The place was tacky with old Gaelic paraphernalia. Old flags adorned the front, posters of old Ireland, a mannequin saluting with a bagpipe and kilt adorning <laughs> the front window. Oh there seems to be a lot of cards in the window saying, love you, Johnny, or keep playing those nice tunes, Johnny, with the odd drawing of somebody kissing or hugging the mannequin. 
He seems to be a local icon, this Johnny Eat the Mannequin. Um, you get this Irish mix of string music and old western rock are heard coming from the dim neon blue lit bar. I would play a song, but I'm not going to fuck with that. Um, so, you guys go and hop out of your van and get a feel for the sights, or do you just go ahead and go right into the bar? Uh, sure, yeah, let's um. I'm going to do that. However, I'm going to make sure I have uh, my hood and everything up. Okay. I'm going to stretch my legs. Are any of my contacts nearby yeah. this area? I'll have to do any no. of that as the sort of in. I know there's only one around. possible contact, and I think that's Hank, but he's on he's on patrol somewhere. He tends to patrol some of the outer regions of the lower city. Yeah, that's right. We're still on the outers. Oh yeah, you're smacked in the middle of downtown. Well, Hank is in the in the speedway. Hank is in speedway. That's Gio's right. Augusta. No. Um, okay. If you guys would like to open up your Chrome City maps, you can. We never um, did decide where Ori's going to be though. We'll worry about that later. So. Um, you guys all hop on out. You guys yep. just go right into the restaurant. Yeah, I'll just take a moment to stretch my legs and stroll on in like uh like nothing weird's going on. <laughs> yep, sure. I'm gonna get out in the back and open up the door for Rude. You're still seeing like dozens and dozens of people just walking the streets, or even walk like walking the sidewalks, and even well, just openly uh... walking the streets whenever there wasn't a car pulling through. Um. There's lots of tents, there's lots of awnings, there's like still lights dangling between like all of the streets. It's a very old world market kind of feel. Um, and you obviously you do see some of the AR, but it's uh, it's well placed. It's not like super all in your face like most corporate environments are. So, you guys decide to go right on into the restaurant. Um, in the middle of the restaurant, immediately as you notice, is an absolutely massive circular bar with uh, plenty of spacing throughout the entire building. Basically, the whole bustling, flooded, loud, and excited restaurant. You're hearing people, like, shout and, like, laugh, and, and they're just, like, singing the, the odd song or two. Um, couple, you might even hear a pool table somewhere in the, in the further end of the bar. Um, but it's basically such an open space. Like, you could, like, walk as a cluster of people anywhere, and you wouldn't get stuck or have to shimmy out or anything. And as you look toward the bar itself, um, it wouldn't take long before you actually noticed why there was so much space. Um, toward the bar, past this big metal pillar that's essentially smacked out in the middle of this bar, and it's holding a bunch of drinks, and some of them spin around, or some of them just decorate it. You notice the back half of a light chestnut-colored horse sticking out of it behind the bar area. Like, you see its back end, um, and the pillar is covering up the other front of the horse. Mm. You also hear some boisterous shouting in Irish, or what you assume is Irish, coming from behind the pillar, and you could swear you do kind of hear the typical northern slash UCAS accent mixed in. I could swear we got a new shipment of whiskey. I swear if we got a chip for our supplier, again, I'll book him in the next Tuesday. Hey, uh, can you see if we got another bottle or two in the back of the table before? I'd rather not comp out again because of the Jervals missed an order on the detail. Appreciate it, mate. So, the horse, it, it backed up, and it didn't have the head of a horse. It was the torso of a man. Whoa. He, oh, he wore a white-green plaid shirt with rolled-up sleeves, hiding his hairy arms, while his short blonde hair was souped to one side, ending at, uh, ending at a point. You also notice he's got, like, very cut horns. Like, they would be large, but they were, like, trimmed down, filed Wait, down, so they're just 
like a swoop back, and they just kind of lip up. Do you have horns? He does have horns. Centaurs do. A what? Centaurs are a meta variant of oh, trolls. Oh, centaurs. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. centaurs. Do you have horns though? You also see his bright blue eyes were looking a little disappointed as he picked up a big box of drinks and he handed them off like to an orc waiter who carried it off somewhere in the back. You also noticed that the right front leg of the centaur was adorned in a metallic silver with some blinking blue lights. It was a um, it was a chrome horse leg, essentially. <clears throat> it seemed reinforced with some random metal hammered into place. But otherwise, is a fully intact model of a piece of a cyber centaur torso, retrofitted onto where his natural leg would be. He also noticed he had a data jack and some kind of emitter grafted onto his temple, right next to his eye. Seems to be showing some kind of hologram. One bunch of business all the time, I swear. He says as a couple of human girls start circling around to leave. Um, you see the girls start to walk past you, and the centaur, he's like. Stepping back, and he started to like call out to them from uh, basically the big circular bar. Oh, Karen, Holly, where are you going? Why aren't you inviting me? Um, one of the girls says, "You're working handsome. Otherwise, I'd take you for a ride back to my place." Oh, I knew you loved me, Karen. Always knowing me heart, and not just because I'm convenient transportation. Oh, shush! <laughs> I'll let you drive my chariot. Drive my chariot any day. You gotta get your Chelsea chariot first, Karen. After you get that bloody balcony of yours fixed, I heard it rattle the other day. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, hey, say hi to the triplets for me. Will do. Uh, keep an eye on her, Holly. She's a rowdy one. Fuck, yells Karen. I love you, promise. He yelled at them as they were walking right past you. And that's when he notices the group of you standing at the door. Um, he studies you for a moment, and you notice that something is glowing in his eye, like that projection you saw. And it seems to be doing some kind of blinking as he's looking at the group of you. Um... And when you look at him, now, I know you three have cyber eyes. I know you have AR. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, contacts with Energy Link or something? Actually, my glasses, uh, yeah. Good enough. So, you see something highlight around him, and it brings up a tag with the letter J shown next to his name. Yeah, um, J. And it's like J, and then you see the name Buck. So, he, uh, he basically puts one of his bottles down, and he says... So you're the new neighbors. Mason, you keep saying that, but they all keep—they all live here. <laughs> I'm the only, me and Ray are the ones who don't. You can tell he wasn't talking about actually neighbors. He meant recruits. Okay. <clears throat> He's being discreet. <laughs> like he keeps throwing me off. It's kind of—it's kind of—I'm getting the sense don't that it's kind of going to be on him. Don't want half horse brain everywhere now, do so we? Mm. Word spreads quickly. The less suspicion we have on us, the better. Well, that's the Undercity for you. Words travels all over the place. Uh, don't I know it? So I have not seen a single. <laughs> I have not seen a single one of you in the bar. So I uh, hope you might know what that means. That I haven't seen any of you in the bar. So he uh, basically turns into the restaurant in a triumphant voice that quiets the entire thing down almost instantly. Like that? like it's the most common occurrence I hear in the world. Oi oi! Shut up, you fucking dregs! It's the important question of the day. We got some fresh faces in the bar and nobody's bumming around. Who's got the balls here to give him an undercity welcome? And then a random elf just stands up and shouts, 
Drake's on me then. Welcome to the Undercity, you fucks. <laughs> just start walking. And the, un- and the entire bar just holds up their glass and just gives us big cheer in unison. Hey! Ow! Clinking them together and all picking a drink. Wait, wait, wait. Rose is like, I hope they have non-alcoholic. Wait, no. <laughs> uh, I have notoriety under the Undercity. We'll get to that. Buck, he kind of then turns to you and says, he's not making eye contact with you right away, Rude. He's going like, that dreckhead, he's got a tab of size of... He's got a tab as long as Big Goldie's Ugly Tower, but fuck if I'm going to let it run all those theatrics I just gave you just now. So, what do you have? And then we can sneak into the back and talk shop. Uh, give me old-fashioned. Yeah, I'll have a cider. So, uh, that, I would like one alcohol as well, please. <laughs> <laughs> I would like one he, he sizes you up and he's like, how about a water, kid? Water's fine. <laughs> so he goes behind the bar and he seems to start doing like some of these really basic tricks with like serving drinks. So he pours you like a shot of something and he slides it right across. So Wait, <laughs> has the drinking age, is the drinking age still the same? In Shadowrun Universe. They don't seem to care as much here. Okay. Right. And uh, Kendall, what, what are you having? Certainly. Uh, you said, do you guys carry angry women? Hmm. So he kind of skims around and says, uh, okay. Angry right. Sorchard? So he says, hey, lucky you, I actually have a bottle left. So he basically pops it. He, yeah, does, he does a little trick where he's like, like flicking ice into the into the cup and he just like pours it. Mm. And he just like flicks it across to you over the table. My thanks. And what are you having? Sweet water. All right, sweet water it is. He still didn't seem to acknowledge you for a second there. But um, after he's like fixing the waters, he's like. Alright. Nice. So he, he turns to you and says, So what do you have? Yeet. Whiskey on the rocks. Oh, yeah. What do you have for whiskey? Out um, of whiskey and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he Out of glasses. Yeah, he just gives you a glass full of. Pebbles. <laughs> Narrows eyes drinks he, he, it. He looks for he looks through basically his lower shelf like he's examining his stock for a week or something and he's like he's just like and he just goes in and picks it up. He like flicks a couple more pieces of ice and he just pours it on in and he just like pats it down in front of you. Alright. So uh uh Jim take over for me please. And he kinda waves the orc bartender over. Um, can you like hold the ground for, or can you like, uh, can you like hold the floor for about 10 minutes? And so, yep. Hold God the bus. Hold the stable. So at that point, he kind of maneuvers himself very carefully out of the bar, like trying to get his horse body past you and be very careful, get somehow nimble at getting around people. It seems he's kind of used to dodging and maneuvering through like regular metahumans. Weird. <laughs> so, welcome um. To, welcome to, uh, Rude's struggle. Uh-huh. <laughs> So he well. he starts to lead you toward the back. Um, so once you're there, the space gets increasingly tight. So it's essentially almost a one-way for him. Um, and you're passing by a couple of kegs. You're passing by some bottles, bottle racks, and various other little bits and bobs of supply. Uh, you guys can make it through just fine. It's just his larger horse body is a little trouble. But you definitely kind of have to duck your head. Yeah, let's say we. Like... <laughs> Your wounds are scraping against the top. And it's like, 
Oh, luckily I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of Minotaur insurance, so that's that's you, it works out. That's why you have notoriety, because you destroy every shop you walk into. <laughs> <laughs> he walked into a China shop once. <laughs> All right, so racist. <laughs> so he gets to the end, and it looks like he just come up on a flat wall, and it just curves into like a little like side wall. It seems like there's nothing there. So he kind of rotates his body a little bit, he has to maneuver, and he starts pushing on it. And then his front hoof leg like kicks the bottom base of it, and it's like and it just pops open. Hmm, there we go. So I think it's stuck all the time. And he pushes it open, and he like trots on in. And he's like, "Come on in, come on in. Welcome to welcome to my little humble abode." And you guys step inside. It's um basically it's a red lit room that has a bunch of like steel like girders. It almost looks like a cage, but it's like good reinforcement throughout the whole thing. He's got a bunch of pictures hanging on walls. He's got the Irish flag hanging on one place. He's got a big, ugly gray sofa on one side, and then on the end of the room, he's got a terminal, complete with a little sitting cushion right there in front of it. Cozy. It's it's a nice little spacious area. Definitely have headroom for the Minotaur. Yeah. And one notable feature about this, aside from all just the random Irish paraphernalia, you guys look up into your left when you walk in, and you notice there's this big board. It's just a it's a big hollow projected board. And it's showing you several different things. In the leftmost column, it's basically a table, like a big table of stuff. On the left column, you see very broad descriptors. And these say things like Dragon, or Megacorp CO, or AI. And then a column over, they're further broken down and squashed in there, like in really tight spots and points, like the text had to be shrunk. And they're mentioning specific names that some of you guys have actually heard of. Like, under the dragon category, like, to the right of it, you see things like uh, Keladir, Pestabee, and Ghostwalker under dragons. And then you see Johnny Spinrad, Damian Knight, Richard Villiers under CEOs. And then in just big, kind of bolded text for some reason, you see Deus under AIs. And to the right columns, you see basically large numbers of Nunyan. So you see like something like a pot full of a total number of Nuyen, and then it's broken away in a cutout table that's just scrolling through a list of Shadowrunner handles and different amounts of Nuyen next to them. And you see more than this, but they get like tinier and tinier, and there's like less and less money the further down the board. Um, so he's basically getting settled. He's like moving a couple of things. Do you guys ask about the board, or do you just wait for him? I look around at it, but otherwise I walk over to the sofa, call Basso over to me, sit down, and wait. <sighs> so he seems to be just kind of looking for something, so does anybody want to bring up the board, or do we just move on? What's the board for? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when he heard that exclamation, he uh, looks at you and he's like, all right, that. So, um, uh, big guy, can you go ahead and close that door behind you real quick? <coughs> so, um... Made it stick even more. <laughs> a little bit. No, we're trapped in here. These are bets. Potentially bets as to who the big man Jay is. Oh. Basically, we got all sorts of pools all over the place, and, uh... Seeing as I'm pretty sure he knows this exists and he hasn't detonated any of our bombs yet, uh, I think we're in the clear. Oh, cool. So, um, right now, uh, we got a few leaders up there that people are trying to guess who they think Mr. J is. 
We've got things like uh, somebody thinks he's Keladir, which I think is completely wrong. Keladir is one of the great dragons. In fact, he was the one that ran Neonat. He is currently the lore master of the dragons. <laughs> and um, uh, he continues. <clears throat> we kind of started this idea about a decade ago um, when he started getting all of us together and we just started posing the question, who the bloody hell is this only present figure? So uh, I started the board and this is just us. This isn't like everybody though. The reward has gotten out. Some of the people have pitched in. <laughs> like, there's a couple of Seattle there. There's, there's a Detroit there somewhere. But basically, there's a pretty big payout if anyone can actually guess correctly who the hell Janus is. The <sighs> question is, when will you get the payoff? <laughs> yeah, that's the big question, so we're just going to keep on guessing. Some people are looking into it, but some of those people have their heads blown off, so we just wait. I, yeah, I'm not going to. that's the case, I want to put something on that board. Same. Oh, sure, sure. Not on my list of top three things. Tell you what. Um, tell me how much you want to put down. I'll put you on the board, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I guess. So what were the options? Oh no, I'm gonna. Uh, if you if you don't actually if like if you don't have anything on the board, you just put a new idea up. But somehow, if you win, you just basically get the biggest damn pot there is, and you're seeing like millions of million, billions of million as as the stakes. We could live pretty comfortably off of that if you win. I'm just talking to Ruth. Um, but I think I'll hold off on my guess until I have worked with him for a little bit longer. I have someone to hold off on mine. I'm just saying I'm going to get into this. So I'm oh, just, sure. Um, I'll keep it if, if it helps you out. We kind of structured this thing a bit like roulette. So if you want to put money down on just dragons, you get a small payout. Or if you want to try to be more specific for a bigger payout, you can do that too. You can throw in your name on the board or you can vote for what's already there. Can we do multiples? I write out a name. And I put 50 new yen on a standard cred, uh, cred sticks. Dunkles on. God damn it. Oh, that. Oh, okay. Sure. And he puts 50 new yen. I'm going to start writing this down. Weird slice, but okay. Dunkles on. I guess I can see that. Specifically, since somebody's a little thinky of ghost stories. So. Well, that's why most of the vets are not on Uncle's on, they're on, uh, they're on Big Old I mean, They're the same person, though, if that's truly the same case. We don't know that. I know a lot of freaking Shadowrunners are trying to find out. And believe me, I'm trying to keep my ear to the ground, ear, ear to the ground on that one. It might, it, might, it might make a lot of people rich. That's actually pretty interesting, even if he isn't Janice. Yeah. Well, truth is, we don't know, so we just guess. My bet for Mr. Johnny Spinrat. So, see, everybody everybody keeps fucking telling me that it can't possibly be Johnny Spinner. He hasn't he hasn't been able to build that many resources, or he uh, why would he sabotage his own company points? I swear it's all smokescreen. And he just starts going on and on like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> like, right, listen, 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 listen to me. I'm, I'm telling God. you. Johnny Spinrad, he's had a grudge with Lofier for about uh, I think it was about almost twenty fucking years now. I, have you have you heard of that one case uh, back in the fifties? With the soul media, have you heard of it? I should mention this whole time that he's going on conspiracy theory style, Ro is listening in raptured because he's like, this is all new information to him. <laughs> and he fervently shakes his head like, no, what? Like, Quan. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let's not get too off topic. No, you're spoiling me fun. We'll come back to this later. <laughs> yeah, we'll be spoiling me fun. All right, all right. But hey, I will take your money. So he goes ahead and takes your credit stick. That's uh, 50 million for who? Duckle Gold. Don't the man who's knuckle gone. Okay, well, I got that part, but what's your name? Rude. All right, rude it is. Don't you know I'm human? So he, he just seems to type <laughs> an AR, 
and you see your name pop up as a fresh new entry in the Dunkelzon list, and it just scrolls up with the rest of them. Yeah, and then it just gets fucking lost as 20 more people add on their names. Uh, and none of the bets are over a thousand. Like fucking Twitch. Does Dunkelzon start to get more and more bets piled onto it? What? Well, you mean none of them like are, people are like, like, oh shit! They're either at a thousand or. It's either a, like. They're all less than a thousand. Those are all the bets between everybody. Not, not a single one is over a thousand. Not a single one. Yeah, the in, the whole bet itself yeah. is probably like combination of everybody's bet. Man, I'm breaking. It's probably two thousand, close to two thousand. <laughs> I'm putting in more than a thousand. Wait, I thought you said that some people are over like a million. Well, yeah, that's no, the total. No, the total. Like total pools. Um, so if you saw the actual mm-hmm. big pot payout, like that's kind of glowing at the top, it shows. 13 billion new yen. Yeah. Now, the chances of us actually getting that, or, you know, him not killing you if you got it right. Well, he can't stay, and I'm going to say this out loud, too, is like, he can't stay anonymous forever, not with what he's trying to accomplish. Especially with some of the big plans he's got here in Indy. So, uh, first question I need to ask you, who all knows about his Daimos operations here? I mean, only what we just heard that there is a facility here that we're supposed to work alongside. Well, you won't be working alongside it for a little while. Reason cause is it's up in the upper city. Mm. So, Deimos is has finally gone double A. He's kind of hit the big time. He has got himself a new location out in Germany two years ago, and just last year he has a location in Japan. Um... <laughs> It seems that the new Matrix things that they're coming up with is making waves, especially after that big Renraku incident a couple of years back. You know the one in Seattle? I'm not part of it, but... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. like, didn't, like... didn't someone, like, murder, like, all of the employees? And leaked uh... a lot of private personal information to the net. Yes. Well, well yeah, that... Whoever did that, she yes. strung up. Well, yeah, that big old mess. Well... <laughs> Not Aaron's still trying to track the fucker down, and I and I hope and I hope whoever that fucker is, he burns in hell for it. But I digress. So, um, certainly made my life harder. Well, um, thing is, it's not gonna be my business unless it's something I need to know relevant to the job. I'm not one of those kinds of fixers who delves too deeply into background details that I don't need to know. But Jane, uh, Big J has already sent along some of the major details I need to know about you. So it was uh, from the right. Yeah, you said rude, but that makes you, uh, you must be, was it, uh, Rari, uh, Ro, right? Yes. All right. Rari, Ro. Nice to meet you. Okay, Rari, so, Rari. Okay. I know you're your you. I've kind, of kind of seen your work around these parts. Actually, pretty good, pretty good stuff around. Thanks. And, uh, Ginchio. 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 I'm sorry, I'm not. Bless you. I'm not, not, not exactly too good with me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too good with me Japanese. In fact, I'm not too good with me Irish. But no <laughs> the fact that you knew it was Japanese is enough. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, so I noticed you don't. You're missing someone. Was an elf. But I think her name was. Uh, I think her name was Kepri. She, right. she needs a nap. Kepri. A very long nap. Oh, you you just got. Oh right, you just, you actually just got done with it. Right. Yeah, by the way, um, and, and I'm gonna go over and like, up. hold up, I'm gonna hold up fucking Rude's hand and be like, don't suppose you have, uh, any pain bandages? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, my finger. Oh, yeah! 
Yeah. yeah, the agonizing throbbing pain that has <laughs> permeated throughout my entire arm. And yeah, I totally I, forgot I got, about I got, that. I got a horse day kit, so he goes over, he reaches under his desk, he pulls out a couple bag, and he goes ahead and sets the three of you on the sofa, he asks you to move, and he just basically pumps a little bit of fluids into you, helps you out, and he helps bandage up your fingers. <laughs> yeah, sorry okay. about that. That's, um... Look, it's it's not personal on any all, but it's uh, it's a very important protocol that we have to do to make sure people are committed to the job because we have had a lot of people in the early days who who did their damnedest to bring down Janus and it caused a lot of trouble and it actually hurt a lot of people in the process. I understand the discretion, but I can't help but feel that if Janus was just a bit more open about his offers. Truth is, he doesn't talk to much of you. In fact, you're lucky he actually spoke with you in your orientation. He usually doesn't. He usually doesn't. Wait, no. Ooh, we're that special. Well, I think I think that's more so because me and Rude are volunteers. Well, uh, what whatever whatever brings you here, I'm glad you're picking up that lingo already. Um, but yeah, whatever brings you here, I don't know what Janus is fun for you. He doesn't usually talk to most prospects, and most prospects he doesn't put through put through tests like that. So you must be. You must be here for something really big. Flex. <laughs> Can I get a cyber little pinky? <laughs> I uh, I suppose I can arrange that. Um, we'll find you one, though. I'm sure I'm sure Hank has one for you. At the tell time. you what, I, I do have uh, I do have a few contacts I can get you in touch with, but my instructions for the time being were to give you the lay of the land, as it were. So um, he hit a button on his desk. And if any of you were standing on the center, you notice basically the floor is rising up. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a big table pops up from the floor. And he basically grabs a uh, this carpet that was hanging on, and he just grabs it, just sort of tosses it over the side. All right. And so you notice it's a it's a hollow table. Um, so like one big light just uh, turns on after he hits a switch, and it flickers to life. Then it goes dark. He's like, I, I, I imagine everything. Moves and it turns it back on button. again. <laughs> Like it fucking flickers when the flower starts working. And the first thing you see is the hollow projection of Indianapolis just floating over the middle of the hollow table. You see the entire 465 wall perimeter around the city. Underneath it, you see like many different buildings of all shapes and sizes just lining the inside like it's a big mat of sorts. I could see my house from here. And then there's the giant megaplate that separates the lower city. This is the one you saw the ceiling of, essentially, and the upper city. You also see two more plates, but basically the buildings that are connected to them are fewer and fewer the higher up you go, until finally there's Cytercrep Tower, peeking over all of them. Two little antennas on top. Two very, very tiny antennas. Um, so he... Um, he kind of... Once you get to set up, he starts typing a couple things. So, how many of you are familiar with Upper City, Lower City, or Indianapolis in general? Yo. Oh, very good. Um, <laughs> then he looks over at you. Or West Coast. <laughs> Alright, so you're a newcomer. All right. I'm from the West Coast. What? So. In Canada. I mean, Northern. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Canadian, eh? <laughs> not Canadian, eh? I'm from the north. From the north. <laughs> the north watches. Uh, so, um, he starts breaking things down. 
So Lots I know, of planets have a north. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the four of you kind of know the gist of it, but uh, let me give you a bit of the label then for you come here. Um, So, um, alright, so, basic beginner's guide to Indianapolis 101, uh, the, the tutorial, whatever. Um, so, you've got the upper city, which basically starts highlighting in a big fluorescent green, and the lower city, which divides out in terms of the big red. Um, and whenever you refer to these, the locals call them upstairs and downstairs, respectively. Um, so if you're down here, you gotta refer to up there, you talk about upstairs. If you're up there, you talk about down here, you talk about downstairs. Pretty simple, right? Mm. That's kind of the local slang, you'll get used to it. Um, so, um, the upper city is divided into four main, uh, we call floors. You got first floor, which is right at the base of the main plate, which highlights the first section, um, which is basically right on top of the plate and a few floors up. This is first floor. Uh, basically, it's a ring companies, uh, some fashion trends, a lot of suburban environments built right on top of the plates. Um, and a handful of other little small businesses. It's not, they're not exactly huge, but it's where the majority of, your, of them uh, rich folk you'll find. On the next one, you got the second floor. Second floor, uh, these are the double A's. And these usually contain universities, fashion shops, uh, basically very high-end businesses. And then the floor above that, third floor, that's triple A. That means you're only going to find a few corporations up there. You're going to find you're going to find Aries up there. You're going to find um, Mitsuhama. You'll find uh, Renrock, who just recently opened up an office in there. It's not very big. And uh, um, uh, and that is uh, where Mr. Johnny Spinrad is trying to force his fucking way up. Right now, he's got his new store, Spinex, which has been making all sorts of headlines down there in the AA sector, second floor. Um, and finally, reserved for our fourth floor, and only in the only mega corporation up that high is Cider Crook. Basically, the big Goldine is fucking mountain tower. That he owns the peak of the whole mountain that is Indianapolis. And his uh, his right hand man Hans Brackhouse is actually there right now, trying to find a new head head CEO to run the company. Oh, and for reference, if for those of you who don't know, it's uh, it's a uh, SK America, formerly SK Bionics. Their grand specialty in in uh, cyberware and basically trying to take all their their car knowledge and put it in arms. Now, hypothetically, it actually worked out. They sold cheap arms and saved the whole damn city for it. So I guess I can't really hold it hold the thing against Big Goldie. I like the literal use of arm. Right. <laughs> Well, that's what he did, and in hell we wouldn't have half the city if it weren't for it. Truth be told, he did supply the lower city with a bunch of a uh, bunch of some really fine pieces of hardware to kind of get us by after the whole Bug City incident. Mm. But uh, he seems a little uncomfortable when he broaches the topic. He kind of scratches his brow. But I digress. Um, so yeah, uh, first floor, second floor, third floor, fourth floor, and that's the upper city in a nutshell. Down here you got ground floor. This is where you're at right now. As a matter of fact, and we have a suburban area where you find some leftover subway tunnels, some sewers, um, basically big holes dug in the ground to make for big fighting pits. Woo! You made a lot of money for those if you bet right. Um, but that's what we call a basement for just short term sake. And then he basically flies away the upper city area, 
Um, and now he basically shows a cutaway of the lower city. So as you might notice here, we got it cut up into several different districts. You got downtown, smack down the middle, hub of all things good here in, here in the city. Uh, east, you got Irvington, which is um, unfortunately it, it comes with a lot of bad mojo. That place, it's where a lot of the fighting happened with the Bug Spirits. They are trying to recolonize it. It's been slow going. A lot of pain going around everywhere. Um, trying to help the effort however we can. Uh, down south, you got Harding. I'll get to Harding in a bit because this is important for you to know. Um, but basically, this is where you'll find the big three syndicates trying to fuck over each other every every few days. Out west, you got Speedway. Home of the riggers, home of the drivers, um, bunch of speed fanatics. And uh, essentially the home of the river wars. You know, put a drone in a fighting pit, bet on the drones, they win. Hula, make a lot of money. So you got the human fighting pits, you got the drone fighting pits. Oh yeah, we love our fighting down here. It's good entertainment. I bet. I mean, I mean, them fancy folks up there, they got urban brawl. We make we make do with what we got. Uh, up northwest, you've got uh, the Decker area. Quiver, I'm pretty sure you've been there a few times. Augusta. So Augusta, essentially, for those of you unfamiliar, that's um, that's the region where uh, all of our Deckers go to find all sorts of cybernetic hardware, cyber decks, leftover corporate tech, and fashion it into new cyber decks. Sometimes they find arms up there. It's pretty convenient. But uh, I don't go up there personally myself because there's uh, that section of the city is supposedly haunted. Not by spirit. Uh, don't know what, exactly what it is, but there's been a lot of futzing in the Matrix. We don't know exactly what's going on, but just weird anomalies in the markets in a few places. Um, mm. A lot of people don't go up there unless you're trying to sell, scavenge, or you're wanting to take a trip to the scrap, which I would very much not recommend. Yeah, no. Not a fun time. Not a fun time at all. Um, bloody cyber laggers, I don't know how the hell they do it. Um, up northeast, you notice this ugly little black area. He starts showing you the rivers near the broad ripple region. Um, big, small lakes, um, lots of little river areas. This is the pit. Unfortunately, it's still intoxicated with a lot of the leftover toxic magic from the bug spirit attacks. We're still trying to clean it up. It is a painfully slow progress, but we have made some progress, which is, I suppose, an uplifting news. Um, as you can see, some of it, just southwest of the pit. This is what we've managed to recover so far. The real problem is the waters. Trying to get those clean has been a bit of a pain. It's just a smog up there right now. And, uh... A smog, a smog, a swamp, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a bog, essentially. There's a lot of spirit activity that comes from there, too. It's very nasty. And, uh... Finally, to the southeast, you got... You got basically our residential areas. Um, down there in Beach Grove, that's where... Some of our finest minds, some of our big war heroes from the Book City attack, and the architects of a lot of uh, cyborg that we use, they live down there. I think they've run to a few nice places that are still left. And just east of there, unfortunately, is where everyone else holds up, and then the stacks. Imagine a bunch of cargo containers like pushed up right against the 465 wall and turned into homes stacked right on top of each other. Thus, the stacks. And like I said, downtown, top of all areas, lots of good things. Um, thankfully this has been a no-fighting zone, as compared to Harding, which I left off a minute ago. So, he flicks away all the other districts, and he zooms in on Harding. So, this is the, uh, this is our Barons here in Indi Indianapolis, which is saying a lot, considering the whole damn place is a Barons. Um, 
here in Harding, we've got three major syndicates, the Yakuza, the Vori, and the Irish Mob. And they're all causing a ruckus of fucking problems. Basically, um, I'm sure before you know this, he basically talks to you four indie residents that we have very few ways up to the upper city, and we only give out that secret to people who have earned it. Mm. But the most public one is the bloody elevator that managed to survive all of the bombs and concrete filling up all the buildings, letting us from getting up there. Um, but there's one working elevator that Night Errant don't control, and it's down there in Harden. Unfortunately, it is the most prized possession of the syndicates. They fight over it like, like fucking kids over a toy. Uh, he basically starts fiddling through his notes. if anybody actually gets to use it. Well, you'd be surprised how much fucking money they make off that elevator. And it changes hands every couple of days, every few weeks, something like that. Uh, oh, here we go. Alright, so here's the basics. Um, with the Irish side of things, you've got the Walsh family. Boss's name is Sean Walsh. He has high manpower, many guns and ammo, but his food stocks are actually pretty low. Medicine is stockpiled, and they kind of hoard that and sell it to us at a pretty high premium. Their main trade is arms and drug shipments. Finally, got the Yakuza. They're the ones who currently have the elevator, and this is the Harada family. Oyabun is Katsuro Harada. He, um, as well as the elevator, they control many guns, plenty of food. But they don't have a lot of ammo and they're low on manpower. Basically, they're starting to lose their grip on the elevator, and supposedly the Irish might take it or the Vori. Uh, we call them the Chrome Vori. You know, you got Red Vori, White Vori, this is the Chrome Vori. Right now, um, the head recently died last week, and they're fighting each other, and they're basically fighting with each other to figure out who's going to take over the group. Right now, there's the uh, bloodthirsty brute Stefan Simoni, no, Simonov. And uh, the really cold-hearted bastard, uh, Kolzak Ozerov, he's a, he's a smart prick. I'll tell you that much right now. They are a little disorganized, and their manpower is kind of all over the place, but they have a shitload, they have a direct load of million weaponry, and their medicine and food, and food supplies are a little lower. Their main trade is weaponry and arms. They basically have the biggest capital here, and they've been one of our best providers in fighting any spirits that come and attack. When the syndicates or gangs aren't causing a ruckus. And there's a reason I'm telling you a bit about these syndicates, because I might have your first job lined up already. Ooh. That place. That damn yes. elevator. Well, I need to get some of the details lined up, but essentially, you might get a chance to influence the power struggles over that bloody elevator. Right now, there's a job out from the uh, there's a job out from the Irish and one from the Yakuza. They're looking for shadow runners as protection. There's a big trade deal going down. I'm still learning some of the specifics, but uh, supposedly you can pick one side or the other and influence power in the region. Or you know you could kind of say fuck all of that and go help the Vori, tell them all about it. But I digress. I should be getting you a bit more orientated with the with the city. But. That's just the preface for what's coming, and I'll give you the details in about a couple of days. The trade isn't is for a little while. So, last big thing you need to know. Um, aside from Deimos being in the upper city, and you're not going to be able to get up there for a little while. In fact, I'm uh, pretty sure Mr. Jake, in explicit instructions, he wants you he wants you doing missions down here, building a relationship with the community, the Underwatch. He has big plans for them. I don't know what they are just yet. He the big man works mysterious ways. I don't, I don't quite understand them myself, but we just kind of roll with the punches. So, um, 
Aside from that, you got Night Errant. Um, so, how many of you have actually had a run of a Night Errant? We're very familiar. <laughs> right. Um, a friend of mine. So, um, those who have some sort of Night Errant tie, he actually, his glance lingers on you for just a moment, but he doesn't say anything. He just moves on. I so, I understand the. Shoot. <laughs> I understand the stigma and the hatred that the Undercity has for it, so we'll keep our connection. Oh, that's an understatement, Sonny. Believe me. So, um, he addresses you directly, Oracle. So, the basic gist is um, I don't know how much you know about our history, but back in 2064, during the, during the crash, a. Uh, Bug spirits, a bunch of bug spirits attacked the city. A lot of citizens were forced to flee up. A lot of us were trapped down here. And Night Errant, they completely cut off access, letting us from getting, keeping us from getting up there. Oh, yeah. And uh, a good many citizens here are still sore over that. Um, and in fact, Night Errant has been doing their damage to keep us down here, trapped for four whole years to starve, essentially. And the public didn't even know we were suffering down here. Honestly, I... I aspire to be the forgive and forget type because it's important in my line of work, but everyone else in the community, they they have no love for not Aaron. It's nice to know you are more forgiving. Yeah, well, and, um, like yeah. I said, it ain't good business if a fixer can't, can't be able to forgive and forget. Yeah, and at this point, Ginkyo just sort of... He, he's, he's trying to be discreet, but he's just sort of looking down. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, bring up Night Aaron. You're... You might get a pounding, or you might get a verbal pounding. One of the two. Uh, and especially around uh, Chief Bishop. Oh yeah, that's the other thing I should mention. Um, the Underwatch. Uh, the boss in charge is, uh, his former name was Bishop, but we all call him, we all call him Chief. Uh, plain and simple, easy to remember. Everybody looks up to him, and if you have any kind of lieutenant status, everybody knows it. Uh, you have to earn your way up through that kind of thing, and you have to earn your way into the ranks or the trust of the ranks. It is a uh, it is a very scarce practice that the Underwatch works with outsiders unless it's absolutely necessary. It's nothing to do with anyone personally. It's just well, if our uh, our love, I, sh I guess we should say, for the upper city and anybody outside the city who's kind of condemned us. I mean, look at the state of the place. Uh, there's no love for anyone outside the, outside the community. As I said, you gotta earn it. And I'll tell you, by default, he don't like you. I mean, you may just be new here, he hasn't heard your name, but by default, he don't like him. He'll have already heard of you. In fact, buzzing's already gone around about your van coming through. The rumors that I've heard about him in the years that I've lived in the Undercity, are they true? Is he, did he actually used to be a Shadowrunner? You notice that he's looking a little, um... A little pale at the question. You can judge intentions. Yes. Anybody else can if they want to. Judge intentions is one of the best rolls. I have a lot of dice. <laughs> yeah, I better not. I only have two dice. You're only two hits. You only have two dice for judge intentions. No, I'm saying if you ro only rolled two hits. Yeah, it's actually fifth. But... Uh, I'm going to roll that because it says that. Go on the sidebar. Nice. Nice. Three hits. That's slightly better than two. Snazzy. <laughs> <laughs> Snazzy. Oh, 
Quinelli. Two hit. Fuck you guys. Get the even that close. <laughs> <laughs> no. I rolled only oh. one hit. Okay. Throw it in on my three hits, baby. Woo! Alright, so three hits was the most. So, you notice he looks crestfallen at the mention of him being a Shadowrunner. Um, you can tell just kind of by some of the expression he has is that he knows he knows Chief very personally on some level. Now, do you happen to have any kind of Shadowrunner knowledge, lower city knowledge, anything like that? Holy shit, I can actually be useful. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has any kind of lore city community knowledge or anything of that kind, or Shadowrunner knowledge, you can. Um, oh yes, I know all of the lore city knowledge. I do have shadow community knowledge. You can roll that. Uh, area knowledge, Indianapolis, and street gangs, Indianapolis. Uh, not street gangs. Area knowledge? Just area knowledge is fine. Four hits! With less dice than I had last time, I got more hits. Also four hits. Get the bait, Bucky. Alright, so you were... Okay. So I gotta answer this in a different context. So for your shadow knowledge... Um, yes, Chief absolutely was a shadow runner, and he was one of the best. He was one of the best in the business. Um, and he had a whole team with him. In fact, his team structure was... Like basically pieces of a chessboard. Um, huh. He was bishop. Someone was rook. Someone was. Um, someone called himself pawn. He was the big tank of the group. He did ironically. And the last one was someone named queen, which is not talked about and is usually frowned upon when brought up. Mm. Um, and you also know that bishop is kind of a family man. Like he, he cares very much about family and community. Now you, with your area knowledge, you've heard kind of like Oracle here. You've heard you've you've heard similar things, but in a different context of just like how well liked he is in the community. Um, he's he's been kind of like that nice police chief that's been able to keep everything together despite all the hardship they've been through. Right. And he also goes to extreme lengths to protect anybody in his family who you've heard was some centaur that works downtown. Oh. Um, so immediately seeing his reaction, uh, Ro's going to say, "My apologies, I shouldn't have brought it up." I don't, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Uh, just going. I get a hung up on things sometimes. <laughs> no worries about it. So, um, anyway, to answer, what, what was your question again? I'm sorry. Um, I, I was just saying I wanted to get to know uh, Bishop better in case right, the, right, 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 right. That we to... okay that's fair question so um if you uh if you want to talk to bishop start doing good around the city and there's a number of ways you can do it i need to be upfront with you a little bit and tell you that one of our biggest problems we actually have in the city as much as it doesn't look like it is resources see big companies out there um this is a very dangerous area down here in the, in the lower city and we don't really have official official roads in the traditional sense. We don't have official official businesses in the traditional sense. In fact, we're just kind of existing under everyone's radar. So trying to get business with the outside world is has always been a bit of a challenge. In fact, you probably saw me the incident with the importer. They uh, 
they shorted me some whiskey, but I'm pretty sure some of that's due to my truck being here, which is part of the problem. Any food that rarely comes in that does come in, it sometimes gets hijacked by the syndicates or it gets hijacked by a gang and they hoard it for themselves. Food is food is unfortunately a scarcity down here. So is water and especially medicine. Which reminds me, uh, and I'm going to slot on one of my credit sticks uh, uh, 200 yen and I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, you don't have to. That was on the house. Please, can't, can't have you running out of whiskey if we're going to be drinking at your bar. Well, good <laughs> well, I guess I can put it toward that jackhead's tab, I suppose. I appreciate it. So he goes out and pockets it. Um, so, essentially, there's a there's a few places that make donations. It changes every week because we don't want to risk street gangers trying to come in and take it all. If you if you show your supplies to some of the some of the Undercity Watch or Underwatch, whichever you prefer, um, they'll direct you toward the toward the current donation bin, you can donate food, water supplies, fresh clothes, fresh tech, anything that helps the cause, even ammo helps, uh, stuff like that, it's always welcome. That's one of your first good things. The second is, if you help the city with any big problems we have, namely, whenever the syndicates decide to get a little too rowdy, or if any spirits start showing up. Well, that's, that's good that you that you mentioned this, because that's kind of what me and Rue here have been doing for the past few years. I've actually kind of already... Well, that's, that's, that's where I heard you from. You've been, you've been doing a bit of work up on the north side. Yes, I've been running errands for most of the, the pillars of the community on the center of downtown, and especially out of the speedway. What's it, um... What was his name? There's somebody, there somebody in the Overwatch. Underwatch. Um, Ori. Ori. God damn it. Uh, can you refresh my mind? Can you refresh my mind to that character real quick? Uh, Ori. I think you had Ori in the tank and stuff earlier. Uh, he's a dwarf member of the local militia. Uh, he's older even by. Okay, standards. okay, I know you're talking about. So yeah. he's a he's 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 a Byra. Oh yeah, or, <laughs> oh yeah, Ori. I remember him. Really well liked guy. Yeah, good fella, good fella. He's always up north, but um, doing stuff up there. He's always trying to hold up the boat spirits. Um, hey, if you, if you see him again, tell him I said hi. I will. And tell him to come get a fucking whiskey out of my bar already. It's been like, it's been like two weeks. Hey, hey, Scott's got to run his business, man. So, um, so anyway, um, if you just do public services or, or things like that, that goes a long way. But the biggest thing you can do as, in your profession, is you start doing shadow runs that benefit the community. These could be things like getting supplies from a truck that uh, one of the syndicates jacked, or something like that. Or it could be, um, or it could be like killing uh, spirits that show up. Or you somehow manage to get rid of all those toxic mages up northeast. I want to ask, um, how well does maintenance go for y'all in terms of your maintenance? Uh, in what context? Well, fixing your cyber limbs. Oh, we got that covered in spades, friends. Yeah. See, luckily, we have some of the finest fucking cyber techs that you'll ever find in Lower City. And, and I'm getting Rose going to head down and be like, surely they still need help with the software. The software, uh, that's not as big as a thing as sometimes hardware. See, um, as you might notice, we like here. This was kind of a recovered part. That's sort of been the gist of everything down here is they're scrapped together parts or we sort of bolt them together that makes a functioning arm. 
But hey, that's our style down here, and we love it that way. Um, unfortunately, it does also mean they break down sometimes, but um, thankfully that's why we have architects down in Beach Grove that help out, and some who occasionally come here and run their shops. In fact, I think there's a couple shops down the road. Um, yeah, basically we've got Cybertech covered. Um, um, I don't mind besides cookies. Uh, <laughs> he says that under his breath. So I bloody wish that uh, some of them cyberleggers weren't trying to run out to the scrap and get themselves killed over a bloody sleek arm. Now, for those of you who know a bit of slang, um, especially those who've been in the upper city and in the lower city, um, if you know, it's a non-recycled arm. A sleek refers to an upper city uh, chromed individual because you know their models are always like sleek, slender, um, new. fashion models. Yeah. Um, versus down here, up there they call us clunkers because you not know sometimes like they're big clunkers. Not models. at all like the lens you guys have. How much do people pay for sleek? Uh, for what? Sleek. Uh, kind of ranges all over the place. Um, I guess it depends on what you want, really. Well, I guess in terms of selling. If I, I oh, you're, ta you're talking about like, you're not planning on going cyber legging, are you? Trying to scavenge limbs? Unfortunately, our line of work might lead us to such actions that may have come to Victoria. Well, there are jobs for that all the fucking time, except um, a lot of Shadowhunters oh. go there. They have I, problems I, when they come back. I'm just saying I know how to put things together. I, I mean, look, um, if a job comes up and you absolutely need the money, then I guess you can go to the scrap, but I, again, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not, it's not exactly a pleasant place to be or stay in. Just planning it. It's, it's really not Oracle. No, oh, and name. Name. Yeah, he mentioned it earlier. He, went, he? he went person by person. He was like, you must be Oracle. I feel like he said my name. He yeah. is, yeah. You must be Capri. Like, where's Capri? Like, well, 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 he didn't say our names. He said, you're this one, this one, this one, and then... He said, I know you're new, and he said, where's the other one? Yeah, when he referred to Capri. Yeah, he didn't say our name, though. He did say Capri, and he called your Oracle pretty cool. But anyway, um, so um, you're a magic user, wherever she is. Um, just <laughs> just a bit of a note, if you ever decide to not need my advice and go try to sell some legs out of the scrap, don't let your magic user stay there for long periods. I've heard it has very adverse, if not lethal, effects for mages. Not Basically, it has something to do with essence levels. If you have high essence, it eats away at it. I uh, uh, some of the mages who actually are uh, well-respected members of the community. They kind of explain some of this to us, but like Miss Shuri. <laughs> Miss who? Miss Shuri. Uh, she's the woman that lives on the edge of the scrap. She's constantly trying, but I guess you guys would. Are you talking about the the pit where the spirits keep coming from? That not the scrap. No, that the scrap is a basically a big tunnel under uh, the old Aries Tower. Oh, he'll, that's he'll right. explain this. Where they dump bodies. It's where um, they dump bodies. Yeah. And, uh, Miss Shuri is a is an elvish mage that lives on the edge of the the, the pit. Not the. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with them. Problem is, we don't have a lot of mages down here that stick around, and for yeah. the ones that do, they last about as long as any Knight Errant agent usually. <sighs> and I guess for a bit of context for you, since you're not local, is uh, mages are very much hated for being the source of the bugs very first showed up, and they continue to cause problems with the toxic mess they've been causing up in the pit. Don't 
go to the pit. That's just the way things are, unfortunately. And you'd have a hard, you'd be hard pressed to try and convince the rest of the Undercity otherwise. Scrap. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit wrong to judge a group of people on natural abilities that they have no control over. <laughs> I that, agree. That may be, but if it didn't result in a thousand deaths, if it didn't result in thousands of deaths, then we'd probably be singing a different tune. But I digress. <laughs> well. It's it's unfortunate that the world is like that, but I mean even technomancers. Especially if a single person were involved in thousands of deaths. <laughs> <laughs> I mean unfortunately even technomancers got to be worse reputation. You guys also happened. notice he he looks very crestfallen when he mentions the thousands of deaths, like kinda hesitated on it. Um, without even rolling judge intentions, you know that he must have lost somebody in the in the whole thing. All right. So, any questions? What's the first job? Oh no, he already saw this. It's gonna be something with the syndicate. However, it's not happening yet. He's gonna vote in a few days. That place yeah, is a graveyard. Oh well, Harding is. Uh, it's not exactly. Well, it's not exactly hell on earth like that place out at west called uh, Puyallup up in Seattle. Basically, yeah. it ain't that. Um, it's just if you're getting buddy buddy with a syndicate. Yeah, it might be in some good favors, but of course you're going to make enemies with the other syndicates in the same time. And also, you could die. That place is the syndicate graveyard. I suppose that's a fair point, yeah. I suppose it's a fair point, yeah. Uh, death is usually a bad thing. I guess my uh, question is... Uh, I didn't think this through. Right, so... <laughs> that was the other thing Mr. J had me set up uh, about over the last few days. Um... So, I'll go ahead and give this to you now. So, he basically goes grab EE. Um, he sort of waves at a couple of AR projections. He types a few things. And you guys get flips on your comments. Right now, we're downtown, right? You are downtown. Okay, because that's where I put my place. Alright. So, um, he gives you guys a few... Basically, yes, all of you guys get a ping. And these show locations that you'll be staying. In fact, these are your lifestyles that you've chosen. If you haven't lived there already. Yo. So, I know a couple of you have already found accommodations down here, but for you new folks, um, this is where I've been able to hold you up. Um, you can go ahead and check it out now if you want. Just get, um, get comfortable. Rest a day. It looks like you kind of need it. How close is it to here? Uh, Depends. I imagine. No, I'm talking about mine. Oh. I think yours. He's, he's basically right in the center of downtown. So, um, where would you say yours is? Do you have any specific spot, like near Monument Circle or further out? We can stay near Monument Circle. Oh, that, that, that place is about five minutes away, just up the road. Cool. Um, Bye. <laughs> I do have a question for you, but privately. Go ahead, shoot. Privately. Privately. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, before I get to you, does anybody else have any other questions before I speak to Miss Fiverr here? Mm-mm. Uh-huh. I think we're well established. I got the chick pig lover. I'll tell you what, um, you still got drinks on the house. You can go ahead and enjoy them. Um, I'm going to enjoy them for a little bit. Go check out your places, and you can come check in with me tomorrow. I'll, I'll let you know about the details of the job, and I'll also introduce you to some of your uh, some of your important connections down here in the lower city. I can just send it to you better if you want. Speaking of connections, that's a problem. I look at... I look at your, uh, okay. I look at, uh, you. Um, 
Sorry, hold on. Ginchio. Yes. We only have one way out of this place, and I'm not walking. All right. Hopefully your truck is still there. Oh, right. Um, Mr. J did say he had vehicles. He, he left them at your at your locations. Um, so, Ben, did you have a vehicle? No. You don't have a vehicle? No. <laughs> He's got parkour. <laughs> you just flip from rooftop to rooftop. Yep. So, Literally, that's what it's going to be doing. So your vehicles will be at, at your establishments. I already figured that. Mm. Alright, uh, any other questions? Anything you need to know? Where are you in a, or shall we hustle up tomorrow? I'll see you tomorrow. And he opens the door and leaves. Uh, Enjoy the drinks, right. friend. I guess one final question. Are there any odd jobs we can do to earn money besides shadow running in case we go a while without anything? Uh, if you're talking about little knickknacks and other little errands, um, help a lady across the street. I mean... <laughs> Really though, um, you you can sell you can sell supplies. Those usually mean a lot. You can go. Um, there's some electronics you could try fixing up in Augusta and selling ultra parts. Um, what else could you do? If you're just, really just just any any public services or especially trying to maintain the buildings, those are always appreciated. Okay. Whenever the whenever the bees don't come down. If you're really worried about the undercities, the bees. Oh right, bees. I'm sorry, that really threw me off. So, um, you know how our ceiling looks like a honeycomb, if you look up at it? Yeah. Well, anybody who comes down there, we call them bees. They came from the beehive. And they come down here just to fix up their fucking roof. Oh. They're always coming down here trying to fill concrete in some of the buildings, maintain the buildings, make sure the whole damn thing doesn't fall on top of our heads, which we just begrudgingly let them do their thing. Okay. So yeah, you could also help them out. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. I don't think they'll pay you though for the thing. But that's up to you. That's your prerogative. Row. Ginji row. Leave. Okay. If you're worried about work, I have plenty of friends that can easily find you something to do. Trust me down down here, there's plenty of work, but I'll leave with this. You do enough work down here, and you're in the trust of the lower city, they'll get you access to the upper city, unless you want to try going the Unless you want to try going a different route and try to earn your way in with the syndicate. Either way, you're going to have to build relationships now in here. That's going to be very important. You earn your way up. Danis will... He'll try to see if he can get you some corporate sins arranged, but unfortunately that's something that's risky to do at this time, for the time being. In any operations in the upper city, they are very minimal. In fact, we can't really let people go up and down without compromising the, uh, compromising the location of our smuggling routes. So, I apologize if it's all hush-hush about the upper city, but unfortunately it's kind of a tier system, and we kind of have to abide by it. We'll make do. Okay. So just do your good work down here. You'll be up in no time. And uh, Janus will let me know if any big jobs comes down, comes down the pipe. But right now, this is just a local job, make you some money, probably get you some new friends. Yay! All your social links are like one or two or least. Do some networking. All right, guys, you may now add your fixer as a contact. Yay! Yay! So you guys can add. Um, let me get his full name here for you. I have six fully maxed out contacts. <laughs> I had so many contacts. Oh, like, okay. Uh, so guys, what? um ten contacts? No. Your your centaur fixer oh, you yeah, have just oh, met. Seven. His name is Rowan 
Buck McCabe. R-O-W-A-N? R-O-W-A-N is his first name. McCabe. M-A-C. Capital C-A-B-E. And his handle is Buck. Or nickname is Buck. M-A-C-C-A-B-E. So two C's. It is an Irish last name. And then his nickname is... Buck. Buck. You may add him at a loyalty three. Nice. He's so trusting. And a connection of of six. Wow. Damn. Welcome to my best contact. <laughs> he is a simple one. Yeah, I thought it'd be nice change of pace to do the exact opposite of Rolf this time around. <laughs> Very friendly. friendly. A friendly and amicable one. Worthwhile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Legs work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, four. Oh, that's. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Alive. I'm alive. <laughs> You're just the opposite of our previous fixer. You're alive. <laughs> Your legs work. You're not a total piece You're not of a shit. Dick. You're not rude. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, he's just. Wait, like, rude was your fixer? Rude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, do any of you have any more questions for Buck? Is he middle-aged? He, from what you can tell, he's roughly 29. Roughly. What's his personal life? Does he have any friends? (laughs) Unknown. services, personal life unknown. Just the thing I sent you. Preferred payment. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm assuming it's service. Yeah, uh, shadow runner job. Shadow runner job. Uh, yeah. I, I would honestly prefer really Hobbies and vice. He's a bartender, so drinking. No gambling. All right. Not the gambling board. Yeah. <laughs> Is this where we're gonna stop for the night? Yeah. Um, we can unless you guys want to role play for at least uh, ten to twenty more minutes. That's not what we're well, I kind of only at least get to our houses. So, um, you guys go back into the bar. Buck says he's just going to finish a few things. He's going to iron out a few, like, paperwork um, with Big J and other things. And he's also going to be looking into the job for you tomorrow. And he's also making calls with the contacts that he's going to introduce you to tomorrow. Um, Basically, some of the big main uh, figures of this cell here with Mr. J. So he'll introduce you to them eventually, uh, tomorrow, and um, he's just gonna do that. He's gonna hang back in the back room, and you guys go back up to the bar, have some drinks, and role play for a bit. What'd you like to do? Yeah, I'm drink some fucking milk. <laughs> Dar. Dar, who's Dar? I'm gonna play uh, Oracle. Oracle. Ori and the Blind Forest. I love that game. <laughs> Who's Dar? Dar is fine. Dar? Where that sounds... Who that guy is? He sounds like he's fine. He sounds he's like always. a fine guy. <laughs> well, he sounds like he's always doing fine. Oracle, um... He goes, alright. See ya. <laughs> and uh, grabs his stuff, puts it all on, walks out, and if y'all walk outside, you'll see him just fucking start... He just fucking starts... Climbing yeah, shit. <laughs> it starts... Free running. There, there are plenty of like debris and rubble and like get out challenge. I'm, pro- I'm probably never gonna be able to get a read on that guy. Yeah, he's doing anyway. Backflip. <laughs> Let's get fucking wasted. <laughs> what? No. And your dog? Oh, you gotta drive. My dog just. <laughs> 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 and it's probably gonna, and it's probably gonna, uh, end on, end in a whole 
host of things that are probably going to end up in having getting my head exploded. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Have... I got really drunk, and then I said Janice three times into a mirror, and you appeared before me. Hey, how do you know that hasn't been tried? Uh, and hasn't resulted in a bloody room, Janus. but you know. Janice. All right. <laughs> let, let's, let, let's get slightly buzzed. What if, what if you did that and uh, and uh, you just like randomly hear like a voice come over your comm like that's not gonna work? <laughs> no. Root root. All right. Suicide um, by Janice. Now that you guys have actually seen daylight and you're connected to the Matrix scan, I will tell you the date and time. So guys, today is March twenty fifth, twenty seventy seven, and the time is, is currently it was seven p.m. when you began. It is now about ten p.m. How many days were we out? Um, it varies from person to person, like about two to three days. Okay, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna text all my contacts and tell them. Now, guys, now that you know where you ended up. You can come up with where you were leading up to this. I, I'm gonna. It's text. March. It is March twenty fifth, twenty seventy seven. So it's still a little bit chilly. I'm just gonna text all my contacts. Be like, sorry, went out of town for a bit for a job. Back if you need me. Sure. And by the way, I'm changing Iro's or Eero's Ori's name to Hero because anagrams are cool and also Ori. Okay. So it's twenty what? Twenty fifth. Twenty seventy seven. No, twenty seventy seven. Okay. Yep. Twenty seventy seven. A year after after the events of the Boston lockdown. A year and a half after what we did. <laughs> Man, if I ever find that D'Artagnan guy, I'm gonna fuck him up. For this is. All right, I'm going to end the, the recording. Uh, hold on, does anybody else want to do any kind of roleplay thing tonight? Uh, well, uh, no, I'm just going to be kind of mingling with the, uh, yeah. with the, uh, at the bar. Sounds and maybe do some, uh, maybe, maybe play some pool. Do some double Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be smoking outside. Okay. Rather Rude smokes soon. outside, bro. I'm going to be with Rude. Never leave side. Do any talk to each other for any reason? By the way, you do have each other's comm codes inside your comm links. Okay. I don't, I don't, know. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, uh, shit. I really should be trying to build a fucking relationship with these people. I can't really do anything. Yeah, like, Root. Well, our, our characters? Yeah. Root. Oh, yeah, you saw me just yeet out. <laughs> you just completely yeeted out. Rude just looks at Rowan and is like, what are you doing out here? Go fucking make friends or something. You just start chasing after me. <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a reoccurring theme that he's been trying to wean Ro off of being on his fucking coattails all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on, right. kid. So I go check out my place. I'm gonna go make a drop try. some stuff off. Then I come back. Okay. I let you have a little bit of beer. Um, tell you what, if you want to describe your place in the next session, we can. Oh, yeah. You look at the place. It's a place. There you drop your stuff off at the place, place and you, co- and you leave the place. Kill things. <laughs> so, uh, the Canadian guy comes back. Still, oh, you did hear his name from uh, Buck. Oracle. So you heard it secondhand, Oracle. Hey, but he does come back to the bar. Yeah. Hi, bud. Uh, and uh, you were hanging out at the bar too, right? Yeah, I'm in the bar. We're probably oh, hey. chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Already drunk, just like, hey. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like, she's, she's, she's the rare uh, uh, 
super lightweight. Super lightweight dwarf. <laughs> no, I'm not. Goddamn it! Why must you do this? But they have a high constitution. That is that is true. I would. Don't, don't you have a lot of cyberware though? She has a high body. Wouldn't that lower your constitution, having most of your blood be gone? <laughs> <laughs> With all of your limbs That's missing. Fair. Most of your blood. It's clearly magical bullshit that makes you roll into alcohol. Listen, if I'm missing both my legs and both my arms, and I get drunk in two beers, I'm a, I, I understand that. I get that. It's less blood to pollute. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do I, do I meet anyone particularly interesting? It's just random people. Okay. It's just random people having fun, having drinks. I'm going to mess with Though, them. I am going to do a very generic roll to see if they recognize a couple of people. Oh, they're already see, see if Rude gets into a fight outside already. <laughs> I'm going to call a friend. Okay. Um, I'd like to phone a friend. That was for Rude. This is for Kinchio. Okay. Nobody seems to really recognize you. They um, does how, anybody recognize me? Thank the God. Oh no. However, uh, rude. <laughs> you get people who just kind of give you looks. Maybe it could just be because you're a minotaur, but um, you know, because you're just big, posing. And you stand by the door. Maybe they think you're like the bouncer or something. And but like, they seem to hesitate, like they're trying to recall something, but they just can't put their finger on it, so they just kind of ignore it and walk away. Do have I ever met Genshi Road before? Yeah, you have not. Actually, oh, um, no, you have not. You've not been in the same circles now. Um, I'm gonna mingle with uh with some of the patrons. Maybe maybe offer uh Buck to help pass out some drinks since it. I'm just thinking it's a good opportunity to start a conversation. Uh, they're just random people. There, no, there's nobody significant except people who just kind of hang out. They're just people who live down there. I'm just who... getting people familiar with my face. I thought sure. to the chef. Top chef. Top chef? I just talked to the chef. The chef duty is split between two people. One of them is Buck. Oh, so I talked to both of them? Question mark? Sure. Hey, I know how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, fact, I'm a master of French cuisine. <laughs> I'm Italian. Ah. Well, uh, he then tries to challenge you to see if you can make this uh, classical. Wow, fucking Shogeki no Sofa. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't know how well you can cook, so he doesn't want to risk any of his really good stuff that he has down here. Um, so he'd be like, "All right, I think I have some old pork." That I think. Chef, I'm gonna say it wasn't much. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he does have some pork that is starting. Like, if if he sits too long on it, it'll go bad. So he needs to cook it. So are we doing this actually? No roll off of it. Then you gonna roll off for it? Sure. <laughs> Let's. Number of hits, the quality of the food. And you get a one, and you're just like, I haven't cooked in like a two years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I set this bowl of cereal on fire. <laughs> I swear I'm a good cook. Oh God, it's 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 uh it's Cause, what's cause I'm the not professional level cooking? That's what I put uh, the points into. It's Gordon it's food it's food run. It's the beginning. Oh God, uh, fucking. Uh, Kindle was that for? Oh, no reason. What? I just wanted to. Stroke dice. I was wondering why. I haven't gotten the chance to roll all night. Yes, you, yes I told, you have. I told you rolling. Oh, I've rolled more than anybody else. I was just saying. I, I told you there was a problem, boy. <laughs> I pre Sure. Uh, I'm showing off. Uh, okay. 
I'm really good at getting like my fancy uh, with at getting it. You like fl- do a full on backflip while holding the pan without making the pan turn upside down. <laughs> You're infusing magic into it as you cook. Like it's just one of those m- moments. It's like I've hacked, I've hacked into the latest no. recipe. You hacked into the skillet <laughs> to make it cook properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just that. It's the stove I too. The food. <laughs> oh my god! You could have hacked the stove if you touched it. <laughs> How many has you got? Three, two, five, six, and I pre-edge, so I roll sixes. Oh my god. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic meal. <laughs> it's the orc underground all over again. Actually, Rude smells this and goes this back is, in. This is a massive scale work. Like, we all fucking are standing at the bar now, like, watching you work. I'm actually moving people off. Like, I get up on your shoulder to fucking four, see five, better. Six, seven. Yeah, they just seven. now have a crowd. Okay, so he's showing off so much that, like, thankfully there happens to be a stove right there at the bar. So well, you like just see fucking... him, like, like fire lighting up, and you're just seeing him, like, flip, flip the pork, and then he cuts it up, and then he just serves it, like, like with style out to people. And then, And then they're like... Like, Buck, Buck, how much is it? Buck, tell me. And then they just smell the food. They're just, like, going nuts over it. <laughs> no, Rube, like, pushes people aside and grabs a plate. No, fucking, I, I'm going to be like, uh, fucking leadership this shit if I need to. Be like, this smells like it would go great with some beer. Fucking <laughs> 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 um, beer sales skyrockets. <laughs> but yeah, you, you managed to impress the entire store, and they just want seconds. It wasn't much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the thing is, they ran out of pork, so he does give you a little bit of his good steak. And this is oh, genuine shit. steak. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. So, he's like, you, so you take oh, this, and you, and you make a meal with, like, very little effort, because you just, you did so well the first time around, you're just warmed up, crack your knuckles, and off you go. I never had real You gained one edge from great cooking. Now, before, <laughs> I, I can't resolve that tonight. However... <laughs> Since we're going to be considering factions as I'm part of the shit game. Around, but... <laughs> but yeah. Since factions are going to be a part of the game, um, that will probably come into play in these factions. So. Plus one faction point. <laughs> um, Rainbow faction point. I'm pretty sure that's handled with groups, but i got to read into it a little bit more. So, uh, factions are going to be a thing from here on out, and this Ooh. kind of stuff can influence that. Um, I like that. But of course, i got to build on it first, because <laughs> I only got so much done for you guys. Great. So, any last minute role playing with each other before we call the night? Um, <sighs> nope. Mostly just me taking care of these three as they get super fucking drunk. Wait, I don't I mean, get drunk. Coming to Oracle and me like I need an adult. I, <laughs> Tyler, I can't. I am an adult. I can't get drunk. What do you mean? We both have Mender's Indrosant. You can't get drunk on Mender's Indrosant. Mender, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> en- Endosant. It's 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 Bioware. It's the one that gives you more red blood cells and stuff and I heals poisons. You okay. Show me this later, but I, I don't see. But I don't also, you're that. not even drinking. It's like... uh, yeah, I can't drink. I'm so you, but you, I don't. I don't have that, TJ. I don't. Oh. That's not something. I so otherwise, you guys keep it really casual. You don't dig any personal details tonight. No. Nah. Did you mean adrenaline? I mean, they know personal details in my life. No adrenaline pumping. What? Apparently, the yeah, yeah. yeah, that too. Okay, so I've been through way too much fucking shit to dig into anything. So to, to to close out the night, um, you guys have some drinks, you party, you have some food. Um, Buck is really impressed with you, and he asks, "Hey, if you want to, if you ever want to come back in, I can actually get you a little minion for cooking food." 
It won't be much, but um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> cooking. <laughs> in, in fact, the money that um, Ro just gave you, or, or Ro just gave him the buck. He actually makes sure that Row is looking. He takes that crit stick and he gives it to you. Me? How much was it? Two hundred. Me. Um. At that point, um, he starts to close up shop. He kind of ushers you guys out. He wishes you all a good night. And you notice the hex lights of the ceiling. They start to dim a little bit as Close as midnight is approaching. But it's still bright. Like, it's obnoxiously golden bright. Um, so you kind of have to wear blindfolds or just get used to the light when you're sleeping. It's kind of like... It's always like some form of sunrise or sunset down here because just the way that the hex lights glow through the seams. Cooking wood butt. <laughs> so you guys retire home and you get ready for what could possibly be a very action-packed next day of your life in possibly a good chunk of your lives. And possibly the last. Tops Company Inc. is the sole owner of any names, logos, artwork, marks, and proprietary material associated with Shadowrun. They've granted permission to Chrome City Chronicles to use this material for promotional and informational purposes, but neither endorse nor are affiliated with Chrome City Chronicles in any official capacity. Music is used in shared licensing with Epidemic Sounds, but is not affiliated or endorsing the production of Chrome City Chronicles. Any other works used in this episode belong to their respective owners.